Lonely Girls, a podcast dedicated to examining, archiving, and applauding the loneliest girls in media and pop culture history. My name is Madeline Turner, and I'm joined by the most beautiful human I've ever seen in my life, Rebecca Botter. And Hi, Maddie. Wearing, How are really, you? I'm good. We're wearing really beautifully um, geographically What explicit. am I wearing? You're wearing a Redondo Beach sweatshirt. Yeah. So I'm wearing Maddie's um, sweatshirt from California. And of- I, yes, of, of specifically of the beaches of Redondo. Mm-hmm. And I am wearing a gorgeous sweatshirt that I purchased at the Atlanta Aquarium. It's chic as shit. Yeah. I, I love it. I haven't it- taken it off and I refuse yeah. to wash it because it'll when- ruin the fit. Oh, it will. No, when Maddie came to visit me, we went to the aquarium and she just, as soon as we got there, bless her heart, was like, I'm having sensory overload. I don't remember the top you were wearing, but Maddie, we just dropped 50 bucks to get in. And immediately Maddie was like, I'm going to spend $50. 50 more dollars. And um, worth it though. Oh, so worth it. It's such a good sweatshirt. The color is wonderful. The fit is wonderful. And if you want to go to the website of Atlanta Aquarium, (laughs) um, I'm sure you can get one too. So... Let's get started with, um, first, Maddie, do you want to tell me what your Lonely Girl moment yeah, from the Yeah, yeah, always excited. We do, we do have to talk about, well, we haven't really mentioned to the, the guests of the podcast, the mm. listeners, what we're mm. talking about today. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's... Can, can I give the intro of, like, why we decided this? Yeah, um, we're just two hor- horny girls. Two horny who girls. love... Mm, allegories okay so (laughs) at the beginning of season two my lonely girl moment of the week was that I had started reading smut Mm -hmm. and um bless my mom's heart that was the only thing she heard and she was very (laughs) upset about it Becky turn off turn off the podcast now yeah Becky, this this podcast is not for you and we will do um an episode so soon Becky of uh, Creatures Great and Small, which is a book she's always wanted me to read about a, a family vet um, in the woods. Oh, there's a BBC adaptation of that. Mm-hmm. We can do that um, later. So anyways, Becky, I'll make it up to you. So anyways, <laughs> Smut. I announced I was reading Smut. I was really into what I am calling domestic Smut, mm. which is um, very like... Slice of we're both We're both here. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so anyways, I had been reading domestic shit and my best friend, Annie, my childhood best friend for multiple years had been, she's really into fantasy. She loves her fantastical smut. If there is a map in a book, Annie is all over that book. Yes. And I hadn't been reading it, but then famously, y'all, we're in a writer's strike Yes. Um, we're in SAG strike and Maddie and I 
there were some things we were really excited to talk about, but we're in solidarity. Not gonna, in we're, solidarity. You're not covering anything that is sort of within the bounds of SAG, SAG and, and uh, WGA, uh, anything that is sort of affiliated with that round with that and i i know that uh netflix is weeping they're like they're we really so, needed the publicity oh god no if only the Not lonely the girls, lonely girls. <laughs> nor, nor. <laughs> we are. Um, that's exactly what happened and so it was a perfect opportunity to foray into the literary world yeah and i just we couldn't think of something and we were on the phone and i said maddie we're going to our bookshelves right now. Go yeah. to your bookshelf. And yeah. we just walked over and I was like, do you see anything? I don't see anything. And then, so I feel like we're just a walking ad for YouTube essay. We're yeah, a podcast we about YouTube essays. And we did <laughs> Hunger Games because Mike's Mike had just yeah. done a Hunger Games episode. And um, Maddie had purchased the book, I believe, A Court mm-hmm. of um, Thorn and Roses. Oh, by the way, y'all, there's a podcast called Game of Roses, and I want to call this book A A Court of Game of of Roses Roses. constantly. We're about to give also all credit is to Carrie. Carrie can read. She's an amazing YouTube summarizer. She's a booktuber. She's so talented. And also, if y'all finish this and go, I really wish I understood anything about this book. Um, But I don't care to read it. Please go to Carrie can read. Carrie Can Read is she's so did a good. fantastic job recapping this series, getting into the, um, I would say, like, the more unnecessary sexy aspects of it. If that's not really what you're interested in, it, in but you do want to know kind of the, the lore the, and the story yeah. of it, which there's, is good and there's exciting. There's so much lore. There's so much lore. There's so much lore. Um, it's a... It, she is wonderful, and it is a delightful listen. It is, it is five hours I would willingly do again. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to listen to it multiple more times. So she's the reason that we decided to do this. I think we had both been wanting to talk about smut. Yeah. We wanted to do something that didn't go with the strikes. And, and here, I, and Sarah J. Mass, yes. she, she came through. She did. She, Sarah James through for us. Okay, so we're really excited to dive into this. But first, as always, we do have to discuss our lonely girl moment I, of the week. Rebecca, I, do you have one that you would like mm-hmm. to share with the class? Mm-hmm. Would you like me to go first? Probably. And perhaps I shall inspire you. Mine is very tiny and it's, it's very sweet. I famously have been you know, I've been a I've been a girl on the prowl. Been on a been on a few dating <laughs> that apps. That is exactly you know what they say. What they say. Um, and I recently you know, she's been on the dating apps. <laughs> that old that old chestnut. When... <laughs> um, no, that old <laughs> that old alley cat. Um, but I recently started seeing someone, and uh, it was it was a situation where. You know, I was going over to their house and um, they were going to cook me dinner and they had just gotten back from the grocery store and they were kind of giving me like their grocery haul and kind of being like, oh, look, I got this beef. 
And I'm like, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> so great. And it's like, oh, look at this sauce I got. Like, oh, it looks amazing. And then he pulls out uh, like a bouquet of flowers and like presents it to me. <laughs> and I, I did not register in my brain that those flowers might be for me. I was just like, oh, great. Love them. They're, they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and, he, and he was a little like, oh, uh, he's like, they're, they're for you. I got these flowers for you. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's so, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I, and I, the, the reaction that I had was sort of like this level of like bewilderment and confusion. And I realized no one's ever gotten me flowers before. Like just, just like for like birthdays and stuff. Like your dad got me flowers actually. Your, your dad is probably the last man that's ever gotten me flowers, but I've never had them given to me just kind of like on a whim. Yeah, like pulled out of a, like a grocery bag in a really domestic way. It was so sweet. Um, and I just thought that was really, it was quite funny. That my my lonely girl my lonely girl moment was realizing I'd never been gifted flowers before and I did not know what to do with them. I and it does sound like you are truly terrible at receiving flowers. Oh, truly! I almost I almost derailed the entire evening by my 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 lack of enthusiasm or just sort of my like yeah cool these are great good job picking them out for you anyways what's else in the bag (laughs) keep showing me things yeah exactly um so that was that was my lonely girl moment i i'm trying to think have i told you anything particularly lonely girl Mm -hmm. i let me think Uh, i'm gonna tie it into the book it's a little (gasps) bit of a okay this is like a little soft launch into lonely girl hood. So, um, when I was looking to get the second book in the Akatar series, Mm -hmm. I went into a very snooty, a very snooty little bookstore. And I remember kind of like prepping to ask for the book and it's very popular. And so I was like, I'm going to kind of like say it like, do you have a cut of mist and flames? I was like, I don't know, like a, a, a crazy cool a of Monte Cristo. I think, Sorry, it's, I think it's blue. Is it by John Didion? Maybe. Oh, uh, maybe oh. someone that I don't know. <laughs> it's cooking crazy well. So, Tony Morrison, I think, might have might have written Tony, it. Tony, or maybe. But anyway, so I remember walking in, and then there's this like. I, I also I think here's the lonely girlness of it. I was like. I bet they're going to judge me and screw them or whatever. (laughs) And they didn't, I, but I was like, Hey, one of the reasons we're talking about this is smut is for cool girls and smut is for, is for smart girls girls. and smut is for lonely girls. And I went in and I just said it like really just clear. I was like, Hey, I'm looking for the series, A Court of um, Thorns and Roses. That's the right name, right? Um, But anyways, yes. There a we go. So I was like, roses. yeah, there we go. A Court of Game of Roses. And um, I, and I'm looking for the next book in the series. And then this like kind of old, like librarian woman was like, hmm, hmm. And then like type, type, type. And she was like, oh, no, we don't have that book. And I 
Maybe she didn't know what it was. And maybe the nerdy professor man over there didn't know what it was. But it's also, this is a book, this is a store where you can get like popular fiction. So it's not that I didn't walk into a university store. And I remember kind of tamping down that like a little bit of like embarrassment. And I was like, Mm. no, this is not embarrassing. This is a very, very popular book. This is very popular. With a lore the size of any other male fantasy thing. (laughs) And then, I mean, how many um, little... Maddie, the word spanky is so (laughs) drilled into my brain and it's so traumatizing. So anyways, but there are only like two little... uh, two. What's our word going to be? Smutty? Smut scenes? Yeah, we can can say smutty. Yeah, there are two smutty scenes in... In the first book, like barely any smut. No, there's like, there's one, there's one like actual smut scene in, in, in the second book. Yeah. I wouldn't even categorize the first two scenes as being like super smutty. smutty. Yeah. And there's like, there's, yeah. So it's not even that much smut. I was kind of like, guys, y'all are really good at like holding out for the smut. I I know. To get a really good smut scene. You entire book. No, in another like 500 pages. I know. No, like literally three-fourths of the way through the book. Wow. For an actual smut scene. Yeah. Very baseline. baseline, Very baseline. Yeah, very um, a a nice healthy smut. (laughs) Anyway, so that was kind of my lonely girl moment of the week of not being sure if I was being judged Thinking I was going to get a little defensive and then thinking of all the beautiful women I am friends with out there who really enjoy this book and um, speaking the name loud and proud, even if I sometimes forget what it is. Um, so anyways, that was my A Court of <laughs> a Thorn. Court of Thorn and Roses. So speaking of. So speaking of courts, thorns, roses. Thorns. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about some fairy, some some hot fairy nonsense today. And very popular in book talk. Um, and then yeah. also... I would say in the it, last couple years, it's it's uh, Akatar, as we will lovingly Akatar. refer to it as. Yes. Even if it sounds really stupid saying it out loud. Um, yeah. Um, but also, if you've seen any TikToks, because people are... It's also been referred to as fairy porn. Um, yeah. and Not if corny you've... enough. Like, it's... honestly, this is what I want to say. Are we I was are ex- we porn dogs that I was like, expecting are we, like, way more? Are we just like big old sluts? Because we, I was like, oh, this is so tame. I think so we're big old sluts. I, big old sluts. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do think there is something really interesting, and we'll get into this, Perhaps in our exposure to, you know, the written word in its spicier sides and that being translated into the public sphere. Like I was expecting kind of a Fifty Shades of Grey. I was expecting more spank. And I also was expecting less lore. I think that was the crazy part. So much lore. There's so much lore in these books. So we, let's get into it. We were recommended these books separately together by close friends whose opinions we respect 
very, very deeply. And then what also is interesting, because I posted on my close friends, we were going to be talking about it. And then people started coming out of the woodworks going like- People I never would have expected. Yeah. And which I- I totally loved. Love. Okay, Maddie, first, let's just say, did you enjoy yourself? I did. I, there were some moments, I'm not going to lie, where Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I think I was, because I was unprepared for the amount of lore (laughs) and I went in expecting a lot more porn. um, I just had to sort of like shift my perspective and shift like my energy. And I enjoyed it. What about you, Rebecca? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I no, did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I, it's. I don't know if it's something I would reread, but I. No. I, I had a really good time, and I feel like it's sort of gotten its way into my, into like my sort of imagine, like the the world building. I'll bet a little convoluted is very glamorous and beautiful and I think very indulgent in a way that is fun to be a part of mm-hmm. like it's a very it's a lush world that Sarah's created and she leaves nothing to the imagination and I think that is it's been a really fun space to just like settle back into to just settle into Prithian and I think, I, like, even reading the first book, I was like, this is so freaking cool. This woman has written this literary empire, like, and she has three books going on at the, three series is going on at the no, same time. It's so and, fantastic. And people love each of the series for different reasons. And um, I do think my, okay, so I, I guess getting into the experience. So one of the things we were told when our friends found out we were yeah. going to do this series is they said, so I was like, the one of the reasons I did it is because I was enticed in where they were like, there's a twist, there's a twist, there's a, there's twist. a twist. And as someone who's consumed so much, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, what's I have twist going to be? I can't, I can't wait to have a, a like a real twist. I haven't had one in a really long time. And so we were told you can't cover the first book without the second book because once you, once you discover the twist, you'll feel really stupid how you covered the first book. And I, and so the twist, I'm just going to, I will say the second that the twist, the, the, I would say the, the, um, when did the twist happen? Really? So to me, uh, the the twist happened yes. the second that that the most beautiful man Feyre had ever with, seen with an erotic <laughs> voice walked in. I was like, "Oh, she's gonna fuck him!" Like, oh yeah. Oh well. See, here's the thing. Okay, let's let's go back a little twist? bit. Is that the twist? So we so a court of thorn and roses. The series is told from the perspective of Feyre. Arcanon? Is that how you say her last name? I don't know. Farah Everdeen. Farah. Farah Swan. Yes. And she is an illiterate, um, skinny, uh, poverty-stricken, well, (laughs) as a hobby. (laughs) 
Huntress. We're going to get into this later, but... We'll get into this later. My we'll least favorite the- part of this series is that she paints. It pisses me off. It's a She's a poor girl with a dead mom and two mm-hmm. sisters. One of them is really mean. One of them is really <laughs> dumb. And a dad who, with no backbone. No. Who just, like, who's an, who's an idiot. Her dad's an who idiot. isn't in the second book. They who, keep going... At all. He's traveling. He's just not there. He's and good for him. Um, and and Feyre, in order to feed her family, kills this big old beast. It's a wolf. It's a wolf. Um, and come to find out that this beast is a high fey. A high fey, which we come to learn in this world. You know, they're in in the way that Sarah describes it. The human the 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 mortals the humans and the fairies have a long-standing history of animosity with one another there does seem to be an ease with which mortals can be converted into fairies but mortals still really are are live in fear of high fae cuz they're more beautiful they're more powerful it's basically they just live at the mercy of these incredibly strong beautiful and, magical creatures and they're kept very very separate so separate. they're well they're separated by a wall by a literal wall by a literal wall very easy to get the, through apparently so easy to get through Let's that we talk go about back and through the wall over and all over the again. time all the time in the second book constantly going back through the wall <laughs> but but it's, it's very hard to get well it's basically like the fairies just the fairies are like you humans are inconsequential to us we don't even mm-hmm. like need you um and so humans live in fear of fairies all that to say Feyre also the decision to name your main character Feyre mm-hmm. anyways in a world so of fairies let's- Let's give so Feyre is your classic tough girl. We've tough discussed this girl. before. You, you've got your Katniss Everdeen. You've got you've it, got a, a, a little bit Bella Swan, little Bella, a, a little she, she, you know like Ray from Star Wars. She's yeah, a tough girl. She's she's not gonna. She doesn't want to wear a dress. No, um, she no don't, don't make her wear a dress. What else don't do tough do girls her hate? Hair. They don't do not do her hair. <laughs> She doesn't want it. Do not make her look in the mirror because she, she will, she will have, she will have an objective conversation with herself where she'll be like, I am very beautiful, but I don't care for those things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. My, my high cheekbones and my, my jutting collarbones Mm -hmm. contribute to my ugliness. (laughs) But I guess I do have my mother's eyes or something like that. Yeah. And, and everyone around them is like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> Even though you're skinny and illiterate. <laughs> and you paint. <laughs> you can paint. So Feyre, okay, sorry, we're getting, this, this is the bulk of, I would say the next like three fourths of the first book is sure. just, is this one plot point? Sure. Where we're, which where is Sarah, Beauty and the Beast. Exactly. So Sarah J. Mass is retelling Beauty and the Beast, which I think is done in a really clever way. And mm-hmm. I and I really like it. Farah, because she killed this wolf who a happened to be for a life. A life for a life. Who happened to be a high fae who was disguised as a wolf. Uh she gets taken 
by this creature, a beast, if you will, um, and taken to this the, the, the fairy realm called Prithian. And not only is she taken to this fairy realm and given food, clothing, a place to stay, the, the beast has, has seen that her, her starving family now has abundant food, abundant wealth. They're completely taken care of. So essentially, the best decision Feyre ever made ever was to kill his very good friend. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and she and it could fixed not, all of their problems. It, it fixed all of her problems, and she could not be more pissed off. She hates. She hates it. And I don't it's, – it's, it's a little tough getting through that point because you're like, Feyre, like, objectively, this is – quite a good situation for you and i think maybe you should i mean your your prejudices are really standing really in the way yeah um but we come to find out that this beast is actually a super hot fairy named tamlin but with a mask but he has a mask <laughs> <laughs> he has a mask glued on his face nor nor but he's like so hot and sexy even with the mask <laughs> Um, he also has a friend uh, who's who's sort of who I was like, this guy's gay, right? This guy's <laughs> gay, 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 gay. And I've come to realize that no, that was not the plan. That's interesting because I didn't think he was gay. I was like, I thought okay. he was likable. Um. <laughs> Maybe like in this world of like intensely heterosexual like love That's i'm true. like if he anyone likable he i'm like growl gay he doesn't he doesn't growl he doesn't snarl no um he, he doesn't like it kind of makes pithy comments and he you know <laughs> he's like oh my <laughs> he's like well Farah, you've and really dusted the mop on that clock lumiere <laughs> well and i think one thing and we'll get into this later but he, because I think Lucian is so likable and <laughs> heterosexual, yeah. um, question mark, it makes the Beast, a.k.a. Tamlin, Tamlin. more likable. And I think that's, I think is, that's one clever. of the reasons. It's really clever because when all of, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He's I think a, he, he definitely... He makes Tamlin more likable. Because Tamlin really cares about Lucian. We come to see how much Lucian is valued by Tamlin and how Mm -hmm. much Lucian values Tamlin in return. And they have a beautiful friendship that definitely stands the test of time and doesn't get, you know, thwarted by external circumstances. So here's the thing. (laughs) She gets there and she's presented with food and she's like, I, I hate it. I, I, I can't, don't want... No, the, the, the lore, the, the legend that I've been told my whole life is that you don't eat fairy food. Because no. then, I don't know, I guess you'll turn into something. I don't, or you can't leave or something. So she's really obsessed with the lore. So she's, they try to give her food. She doesn't want it. They make her go upstairs. They try to... Make her wear a dress. They she, try to make her look beautiful. She she doesn't she will want not, it. She will not wear that dress. And she <laughs> she's like, I would like pants. a tunic. I would like a tunic, please. I would like I would like boots, and I would like it as 
baggy as I possible. Also, there was, <laughs> I want there sack was a sack to there put over a, my head. A line that I highlighted really early on in the first book that I thought was a really beautiful through line in the Lonely Girl, um, just sort of universe, where they start asking Feyre about her life and kind of how she knows about fairies and like what her parents were like. And he, he says, you know, didn't your mother ever tell you stories about fairies? And she says the line verbatim, my mother didn't have time to tell me stories, which is an exact identical line read from the secret garden that yeah. Mary Lennox says uh, to Mrs. Medlock at the wow. beginning of, yeah. My mother didn't have time to tell me stories, which I thought was very, um, very lonely girl, very three line lonely girl. If your mother didn't have time to tell you stories, you, you are, are a lonely, lonely girl. girl. Yeah. Um, lonely girl. And so that's where we're doing Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Now we've got the da 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 And but so if in the middle happening. of that there was a fairy sex ritual. Yes. So the fairy sex ritual. <laughs> um I'll take over from here. The FSR. <laughs> All right. So anyways, they're like so she like she catches a ghost a ghost with a chicken. She gets <laughs> She gets chased around. Many things happen. Many but things, what's important? Hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. And she's like, hmm, maybe maybe he's not so bad. And then um, then she realizes, like, he's gone off to fight something dangerous. And she's, like, concerned. And she's like, why am I concerned with this this bad? He's the worst. Um, with his rippling muscles. Yeah. And then, uh. and then they're like, stay inside. And she's like, you know no. what? I'm not going to do that. That is, Which that is, is a one theme. thing Farah is not going to do. Stay put. <laughs> she is not going to do it. I feel like she's like, if there's vacuums that go around. <laughs> a Roomba? She's kind of like a Roomba. Farah's, yeah, she's super Roomba coded. <laughs> so anyways... <laughs> They say, don't go outside, and she finds out it's because Tamlin, to replenish the earth, has to, with magic, magic, has to, um, he will, like, give in to beast mode, and he's going to, just, (laughs) I'm imagining him as the beast, just, like, (laughs) rip-roaring around a field, just (laughs) full of horniness, and, um... And and he has to choose a mate from one of, members of the spring... I think it might just be members of the spring court, but it also might be members of all the other courts. Also, one thing we did not mention at the beginning is the land that we oh, are yes. entering into, Prithian, which is like the fairy land, is composed of, I would say, it's it's not a monarchy per se. It's it's more of like a, a feudal system, if you mm-hmm. will, where you have, yes. you have lots of lords. lords. Yeah. And there is, and and they sort of keep each other checks and balances, and and making sure there's peace amongst the fairies. And so you have the spring, summer, autumn, winter court, and then you also have the court of nightmares. No, there's night court in night court in, in night court, which also <laughs> sounds like a very funny sitcom that I want to write one day. Um, no, that's is it. it? Night court. Is that a t- night, night court oh. is TV. 
it's a it's a TV show. It's it's. Oh, it, it, I want to write a show in... called Traffic Court. I went to Traffic <laughs> Court once, and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had, to be honest. Um, and there's also Dawn Court. Dawn Court. Dawn Court, and and then there's the Underworld. Mm-hmm. The the mountains under, below mountains, under the under, under the, the mountains, mountains. under the mountains. We're doing great under the mountains. Um, so yes. Okay, does she meet the most beautiful, beautiful man she's man ever she's seen? Ever seen. <laughs> does she meet this random guy? Is it yeah. at this sex ritual? It's, it's at, at the, the sex, sex ritual. It's at, so, the, it's at the, F, the, the, the FSR. <laughs> so the FSR. So she's like, you know what I'm going to do? Not stay inside. So yeah. she goes out and because because she's out and about, three three men come upon her. Yeah. Which is very like Edward it's, it's and Bella so, coded, so where it's ed- like it, the car, and he goes, "Get it, get it." Like it's sort of like saving saving a woman from sexual assault is apparently the hottest thing anyone can ever do to a tough girl. A tough girls love to be saved from essay. Yeah, um, famously, so, famously. So, so, and and we're we're mentioning this right now because this character becomes. Very important. We the rest of the series is sort of centered on Feyre, this character, Tamlin, and a, a sort of a cat, a host of quirky side characters. But this character that we're about to meet, I don't know, however many pages into the first book, becomes yeah. like the sole reason for this series existing. And and I think the sole reason it's become so popular exactly because and that is because. W- Sarah J. Mass thinks this yes. character is, is just really hot as hell. hot. So yeah. hot. He's... His name is Reesand, but and... lovingly referred to as Reese. Reese. And so from the very beginning, his voice is erotic. He's purring. His voice is like velvet. It's like silk. Yeah. He, and... he, likes, to, he likes to crack a grin. He, he likes to he... smirk. He, oh, he, lo- <laughs> he, he loves He likes this. to chuckle. His eyes are violet. Um, um, yeah, and his skin is very dark. His hair mm-hmm. is very dark. And he's As tanned with tan- so many tattoos. Oh, my God. He is so many tatted tattoos. the hell up. So, but her first impression of him is like, I don't, you're. I'm not your mm. little, I'm not your little girl anymore. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Dad. I want to go to fashion school. <laughs> not your little, little girl, girl anymore. anymore. That's exactly the vibe. That 100%. was the vibe. But it, it is sort of like a petulance and a, I, I would say like an antagonism between the two of them that is only being held at bay by like Feyre's innate distrust of anyone and anything. If not, mm-hmm. she would jump his bones immediately. Yes. She just, she want she doesn't want to. She doesn't. She doesn't, she doesn't want to. At all. So, okay. So basically... We establish this dynamic, mm-hmm. and then we learn basically so much more lore until the end of the first book. So much lore, and then at one point, um, after this ritual, um, our little Roomba is going around <laughs> down. Right, right. For she's some just, reason, she's just bonking then- into corners. <laughs> Literally. And Tamlin comes up and because he's still on all of his pheromones, he he like bites her neck. And there's at one point he like 
kisses like the blood off of her hands and then he yeah. kisses her cheek with the blood and you're like okay you know and at that point i'm like oh people are into oh. this they're into the 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 bloody kiss you and know? also like you're into like you are seeing things through pharaoh's eyes through pharaoh's perspective and so tamlin is this incredibly beautiful like virtuous he's and this he's, high lord he's, and he's taking care of her and he's very intent and he enjoys he, i think he enjoys t protecting her and taking care of her and she's never experienced that she's before. because her her sisters sucked and her mom is dead and her dad has no backbone so no. this this hot gorgeous gorgeous fairy taking care of her is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to her definitely so okay so to get through the first book i mm -hmm. think one thing we should cover uh, that we should explain about the book series is our villain because every book series has a villain has this a baddie. big a, a baddie mm -hmm. we learn that the reason why their masks are glued to their faces at least in the spring court is because and this is where I get confused, <laughs> is because a bad woman named Amarantha, a bad mm -hmm. high fae. Who is from another kingdom initially. Yes. King Highburn. She was one of his spies. Ladies. Or ladies. His, his priestesses. His, his girly girls. His his favorite girl bosses. Yeah. She's a girl boss. <laughs> oh, she's a girl boss. Amarantha. Amarantha is, is a girl boss. But she wanted to marry Tamlin. Mm -hmm. He rejected her, rejectified her. Oof. Oof. This she is sort of the witch in our in our uh Beauty and the Beast retelling. Mm -hmm. And so she cursed him and the spring court and created a blight throughout the land of Prithian that is slowly like consuming fairies and taking away their magic. So Tamlin has been like desperately trying to get the magic back and he's been unsuccessful thus far. Yeah. Feyre, her and Tamlin, they are falling deep, deep in love. Deep. Reese shows up and he is just Feral. Yeah. <laughs> Feral. Will Feral. He's, he's just anchor, anchor man and all over the place. Yeah, he is. No. So Reese shows up and he's there to he's there to snoop. He's there to get around. And he is to what well, really <laughs> Honestly? I, he goes, you get out get, of here. You get out of here. Well, all it is is they try to hide Feyre from Reese. It doesn't work. Yes. And he threatens Tamlin to an extent where now Tamlin is concerned for Feyre's safety. And so um, that evening, we get our first and really biggest smut scene of yes. this book, I believe. And then he's like, you got to go. He's you like, gotta, you have to you go. You got to get out of here. So he's like, I'm go. now concerned for your safety. And amongst the smut, he says, I love you. And she Tamlin doesn't say does. it back. Tamlin to Feyre says, I, I love you. And she love does you. not say it back. No. 
And then she's loaded up into her carriage to be sent back. And he says, I love you again. And she's like, you know what? say it back and you're like she that's that's we're taking things that's weird that's suspicious no but she does love it weird we now are going to get into our second fairy tale yeah so she goes back home really just like 50 pages of nothing just the family's like blah 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 and she realizes she shouldn't have left tamlin and she goes back to the spring court and she realizes she now has to go under the mountain to rescue him because Tamlin with his has pers- been, yes. he has now been taken under the mountain because he was trying with her to break the spell, which is he needed a human who hated fairies to fall in love with him and say, I love you. And if that did not happen, then he was going to be taken under the mountain to be with Amarantha, a.k.a. Girlboss Queen. A.k.a. our favorite girl boss. And so, In my mind, um, Amarantha is sort of played by, like, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's I was even I'm, thinking... That's who uh, I'm seeing. Uh, I'm seeing a Julian Moore, but... Oh, okay. Um, no, I think, like, same, same vein. That, that vibe, They're, yes. Yeah. So, Julian Moore... And um, this is when I'm pretty sure we get into a Norwegian fairy tale. When I was talking to my friend Allison, um, Sarah has studied so many fairy tales from all around the world. And when I was telling her about this Norwegian one, Allison was like, yeah, no, I'm sure Sarah's aware of that one too. But it's when a young woman goes to like a troll queen or something who has her love and the troll queen makes her Complete um, complete three tasks to get him back. And um, that is definitely the structure that's happening here under the mountain. She sees Tam, Tammy Tam, Tam and Tam. he's like, he's not looking at her. He's like ignoring her, but it's because he loves her too much, too so much. So much. And he, also, he goes. Also, up. it is important to note that Reese is also there. Reese he's, is also there. But who cares? Who cares? Why would we care about Reese? He's just why, the most would, beautiful man in the world. Ever, why would we care about Reese? This doesn't. This doesn't matter. This won't, okay. this won't come back in any way, shape, or form. No. He's just going to, like, smirk and just and just, like, and, like <laughs> and growl. So she gets to Under the Mountain, and she makes a, the, a deal with Amarantha, where she either, to free Tamlin and the Spring Court, she either needs to complete these three tasks or solve this riddle. And ooh, this riddle, this riddle pissed me off. And um, so she's doing the tasks. She is almost dying constantly. <laughs> constantly. And then constantly Reese at one so point. so close to death. <laughs> constantly. She's fainting. She's fainting. She's, she's rubbing. She can't read. She can't read. Still no, can't read. Still she can't just read. wants to paint. And um, <laughs> so at one point, she's she's about to die. And Reese is like, listen, you if I will save you from death in this moment. She's about to die because of her arms getting infected. But you have to come and spend two weeks a month with me forever. And she's like, one week. And he's like, okay. And then she gets a big old tattoo on her she arm. She tats her all that to say we get to the end she She, realizes in the final thing 
she has to kill. I, she has, she to, has kill, to kill Tamlin. She has to kill. She has to kill some some normal humans, and then she also has to kill no Tamlin. normal fairies. She normal has to, fairies. Sorry, she has sorry, to she has stab to the fairies, them. and then yeah. the final hood is taken off, and it's Tamlin, and she's like no horror, and then no she's horror. like, you know what, heart of stone. Because someone was like, listen, and then she like had this whole flashback sequence yeah, in her head. It's definitely not convoluted or like convenient, like in any way, shape, or form. It's not an it's ex a, machina happening yeah, over and over again. Absolutely. So it's not just now, an entire series of ex machina. <laughs> so now she stabs him and he's like, yes. And then he's like released and then he like rips Amarantha's throat out and then yeah. – but Feyre's dying on the ground. And, and so, so they, they have to throw her into the cauldron. No, they don't. No, they don't. Tamlin takes her in the arms and then all the high lords oh, sprinkle oh, oh, their oh, glitter oh, oh, on. Oh, 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 If I would have not just listened to that recap, I would have not known that I at literally, all. I just genuinely thought there was a cauldron involved. And a cauldron happens in the second book to transform people. Well, That's what yeah. happens to her sisters. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So she's dying, and so all the high lords. Yes. Like it's it's giving very like Barbie fairy topia. It is. <laughs> you know, like it's just like oh, well, like uh, we all sort of like. Ra- I just imagine like they're sort of, they're also very like color coordinated. Yeah. One like is they purple. like yeah, and like they sort of like line up by like seasons. And they like sort of shoot their powers this way, and it's like a beautiful little rainbow moment. Yeah. Um, and she becomes a fairy. She does. She becomes she, high fairy. She, she Bella Swans. She, she Bella Swans in Breaking Dawn, part she, two. She Bella Swans as hell. Um, <laughs> oh, one thing I do want to point out is this this riddle she does solve right before she dies. I was reading the book, and I was like, I'm enjoying myself. And at least the riddle's answer isn't love. Whatever. I also, when the riddle was presented, I skipped it. I was like, that's yeah, boring. You're like, yeah, no, it's not going to matter. This- and when the riddle's answer was love, I got so mad. I texted Maddie, everyone can die and fuck <laughs> this. Um, so anyways, now she's high fae. Now she is. Because of her love for Tamlin. Love for Tamlin. And this is important because, because – nothing's going to happen that would disrupt their love. Never. Never. They're going to be together we just forever. Have, we just have so many books to follow. <laughs> just like them being in love and it's like, and nothing. And like, who could have seen anything else coming and, or changing and so that? As she's leaving, she feels this like tug and outside is the most beautiful man man she's ever ever seen and he erotically smirks and then he talks about how sometimes he gets sad and she's like i don't i don't care dad i'm not a little girl anymore girl anymore i want to go to fashion Fashion school so um i don't know carrie can read can suck it i think yeah i think we're doing a fantastic job no y'all please listen to it um (laughs) totally so anyways he like then has this like like this this like a moment and he stumbles away and then he disappears and then they go reese does reese does he's so surprised (laughs) and and now One of my favorite things in the world is that Maddie thinks I'm funny. Like, (laughs) no one else matters but but Maddie. So anyways, now we're going to jump to the second book. Okay, so now with that done, you would think 
you would think that this would be a great place to, you know, stop the stop the recap. Yeah. <laughs> stop the recap and, you know, give our thoughts and opinions. But no, like mm. we've said before, there is a second book. There's that a is twist. Nest- the, and there's a twist that we haven't gotten to yet in the second book. So we start our second book. And Feyre is, she's having nightmares. And we've said this before, but famously, if you have nightmares, you're a lonely girl. You're a lonely girl. If you wake up in a cold sweat, you're a lonely girl. She Mm. can't see the color red. She keeps having these traumatizing visions of, you know, her her killing these innocent high fae or I guess normal fae. I don't know what the difference is. (laughs) Oops. Oops. And... Oops, uh, she can't paint anymore. Um, and also sort of like Tamlin is she is still can't also, read. She still can't read. Poor, poor Feyre. Um, and also she's um she's gonna get married. She has to get married in order to But to, to who is it? To the most beautiful man she's ever seen? No, it's the man that she saved through the power of their love in the mm. previous book. That's who she's getting married to. Oh, not the most yeah. beautiful erotic no. man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, weird. And, and okay. I, it's so it's so weird and interesting, but like he they they totally love each other and they, you know, they make love all the time. In the fields. Um, in the fields. Next to a stream. Yeah, I know it's like it's awesome and beautiful and she's so and happy, he, but she's and he loves her so much he, he loves won't her so let much her leave the house. And he also won't spend any time with her. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's a little sad. Um, But luckily, he has his girl best friend uh, to come and help her plan this wedding, whose name I think is Ianthe. Ianthe? It's a hard name to say. I would say none of the names in this series are very easy to say. I have to say. Besides maybe Nesta. That one I'm like, yes. Tamlin, it's a... Very straightforward name. It is. I and and I'm gonna give that to him. Mm-hmm. So, if you recall, in the last book, she made a little deal. She made a dealio with the 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 king of the underworld, Hades. Oh, I'm that's sorry. Our third fairy tale. Um, that is our third fairy tale. Which this, this we already which, mentioned having to go to the court. Yes, uh, this is, this is... Uh, tonight court. Tonight. <laughs> tonight court. But she made a deal with, with Rhysand that she would have to go to him in the underworld um, once a week, a month for, I don't know, the remainder of time, I guess. That was the, sort of the stipulations. But it's been three months and he hasn't called her down. And she's like, what's the deal with that? I I don't care. It's not like he's the most beautiful, beautiful man. man I've ever seen. I don't care. So it's getting to their uh, wedding day. Wedding day is fast approaching, and Farah is just kind of like she's 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 dead in the head a little bit. I'm you know, and that's okay. Sometimes we're dead in the head. Um, she's she's recovering she's from gone like, through something trauma. trauma, and also she's got all these like she's a fairy now. She's got all these like crazy heightened senses. She's got a new tattoo. She's like 
She's had a, a considerable glow up externally, internally, a little and bit. And she's of experiencing like flickers of like other power skills. Yeah. She doesn't like she's even, very strong. She's very strong. So she's so tough. And not like Bella Swan, just new mm-hmm. vampire strong. No, definitely not just like that. So it gets to her wedding day, and basically she freaks the heck out. She freaks the heck out. And luckily, um, she she's about ready to – she's walking down that aisle. She sees these red petals, and she's like, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. I'm seeing blood. I'm seeing red. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, Tamlin. I guess I love you or whatever, but I don't want to marry you. I wonder if that's a red flag. Not a red flag. <laughs> not red. <laughs> not red. No, not red. <laughs> Please, not red. <laughs> And so then out of nowhere, um, all of a sudden, poof, she's, uh, Reese is there and he's like, hello, Feyre, darling. Um, and he he's whisks always her away. flicking like an invisible dust off of yeah. people's jackets. Like... <laughs> so the bulk of this second book, would you believe it or not, the twist is that Feyre has to start spending a lot more time with Reese the the most beautiful beautiful, (laughs) the most beautiful man she's ever seen and shockingly she starts to like spending time with him crazy it's crazy she she does she likes it almost as much as painting (laughs) and it's been so hard to paint lately she hasn't been able to paint her little fucking flowers (laughs) Or flames, or I don't, I don't know what eyes. she does. Eyes, so many eyes. The eyes have it, and so she's got a real conflict here because she loves Tamlin so, so much. much, but like every time she hangs out with Reese, she's like, "Wait, he's pretty freaking cool. He's a pretty cute boy." Oh no! He's literally like the most beautiful freaking man she's ever seen. So, so that's pretty freaking crazy. Basically, it does not take her that long to get to the point where she decides, or she realizes that Tamlin is maybe not necessarily the best choice for her romantically. He actually kind of sucks. He locks her on on her like second venture home. Mm-hmm. He locks her away. He puts up a force field and she's not able to get out. And she pretty much has a panic attack. Because remember, yeah. she was under the mountain with girl boss Amarantha. And she's very scarred. And then here he oh. is locking her away. And, and one thing to note that that uh, is so crazy that is happening with this Reese guy that she wouldn't, you know, it cares about a little bit. Because they realize they can, like, kind of get into each other's minds. They They have a mental connection. Yeah. It felt very much like sixth Harry Potter book, Occlumency lessons between, like, Snape and Harry, where they're, like, going into, like, each other's memories and minds. You know how I feel about that, right? It's hot. Because I don't think it's hot at all. I find it to be so fucking – it's, like – I just think it's like, it's such a cop out. (laughs) No, I know, I know. But I remember when I was telling you about 
Aragon and then the dragon and <laughs> Aragon were mentally connected. And, and you I was like, I was like, like that's so kind of hot. That's kind of hot. I that's mean, I, hot. I, I guarantee there is there is an audience out there for um, Aragon Mental and uh, what's the name and of his dragon? Safira. Safira and. Is that the name of the main character? Is it no? It's not Aragon. It's is it Aragon? Aragon's the boy, and Sophia's okay. his dragon because the yeah. dragon's blue. Um, it is, this book is so Aragon coded, like it being about a dragon and his name is Aragon, and then this book being about fairies and her name is Feyre. That is pretty. Yeah. Okay. So I'm about to read. I feel like I'm like in a like a no, small group. <laughs> it's like if we could all turn to page one fifty six. But anyways, this is her contemplating her relationship with Tamlin. And when I read this, I was like, this works. (laughs) Okay. I'm thinking that I was lonely, a lonely, hopeless person, and I might have fallen in love with the first thing that showed me a hint of kindness and safety. And I'm thinking maybe he knew that. Maybe not actively, but maybe he wanted to be that person for someone. And maybe that worked for who I was before. Maybe it doesn't work for who, what... I am now. That's so good. So I, good. I, I think that is that is the thesis of it's the, it's the thesis, the thesis of, the of, of the relationship. Absolutely, it does. It makes a lot of sense, and I think it is. I think it's important, and I think it's that sentiment alone can be very valid in a lot of relationships that we have, especially if we're caught in a situation where we realize that. Perhaps we stumbled into something that wasn't the right fit for us. But it was maybe what we needed at that Mm -hmm. time. We needed in the moment. So Feyre basically bucks off. Reese is able to, you know, get her out and and get her her to the, you know, a condo. uh, That really is what it is. It's a really nice condo. It's a super nice condo in, like, the, the, the city. Mm-hmm. Di- and I honestly don't even think this is that important, but basically, like, he was able to hide. Like, he he's, like, the lord and ruler of, like, the night city. Mm-hmm. And everybody's thought that it was, a you know, this court of nightmares. But it's actually this really beautiful city that's hidden. Well, there Valer- is. Valeris. There is a court of nightmares, but then right. he has a hidden city called Valeris. He has a hidden- which is super, like... Imagine it's, it's like, like metropolitan, but like, but like sort of steampunky. That's kind of like what I cottage core, but also it's like, it's like, it's like a cozy village, European There's village. Like, it's, it's like cozy. Yeah. It's giving Prague, you know, it's giving like it's, Prague. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving Prague. No, and, but like, and kind of always like in perpetual, like starry night, there's like so mm-hmm. many stars. This is so the, when, when they went to, when they go to this place in the book, this is when I first sort of like started accessing the the fan art. Cause I was like, Ooh, like my puny little mind can't even comprehend this. Like, I want to see, I want to see like an artist's interpretation of this place. And they're all like very, very beautiful. We'll put, we'll put up some choice fan art. Uh, there's a lot of really, really um, exquisite fan art oh. on the interwebs, and a lot. I of do have to say, I feel like fan art. Well, I feel like fantasy. I think people. I don't want to like stereotype, but I think 
people who react really strongly to fantasy and then want to create are often like very artistic people. Absolutely. And I think that I like I don't feel like other like any of my domestic smut I've read, I don't think there are these beautiful renderings of the characters. No, there's these so thorough much passion. Art. Yeah, I think fantasy, I, I don't know what it is, but I think, yeah, some very talented people create, um, are attracted to these fantasy books. Anyways, so all that matters, there's a lot of lore happening, y'all. All that matters is that, like, now, Farah is, like, Tamlin, I'm done. I want to be with Reese. Not in a romantic way. I don't like him like that. I just think that, he's like, you're... Just the beautiful, he's just the, <laughs> just most, the most beautiful, beautiful man I've ever seen. And, um, and he can read my mind and I can read his mind. But and he's not, always teasing me. And he's always teasing me. And, I, and every time we say words to one another, it's for the sole purpose of getting or making someone else horny. And he <laughs> is teaching me how to read. Oh, and he's teaching me how to read. So I will no longer be skinny and illiterate. <laughs> We also meet, we also meet, and this is like the inner circle, which is what it is literally called, which is maybe my least favorite part of the series is that it is called the inner circle. Cause that sounds like something a bunch of fucking middle schoolers would say, would call themselves in sort of a, a douchey clicky format. But we meet the inner circle, which is Reese's kind of like cool, sexy friends. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think what would be their like intro song. Um, I feel like it would be like like "Click" by Kanye West. <laughs> Wait, can you sing it for me? Um, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. I'm on it. One second. No, it's like um, "Ain't nobody fucking with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my motherfucking click." That's basically I love the whole that. chorus. That's what it is, and they're all like coming in on yeah their, and on their all, bikes they're all wearing leather they're they all have yeah. you know like bat wings because they're like mm-hmm. from the night court uh. um <laughs> they are and and also they kind of have this is like okay i think some people do really appreciate this and i understand that this is like a personal preference but i anytime we're in just sort of a long-winded conversation where people are being like hey hey cutie pie lady friend I don't I won't bite you only if you ask (laughs) just this sort of like this energy of like sort of jokey like you're trying to impart that this character is silly and fun but in my mind I'm like you're the shut up please you're the worst oh no please that's so much of the book I know. I know. <laughs> so I feel like the main perpetrator of those conversations that's pissing Maddie off is Cassian. So because Cass. honestly, the other friend, um, is it Asriel? I'm going to say um, Asriel. Asriel is. Spy. Asriel <laughs> is a, He's a super spy. Spy. So Cassian is, he's a little jokester. He's oh. a bastard son and he's an Illyrian, Asriel's Illyrian, and then Reese, we found out, is half Illyrian, which yeah. I sure as hell think that is a plot point that Sarah came up with when she started writing the second book. Yeah, absolutely. I just 
really, I think some of it, she knew what she was doing. She definitely came up I, with this for book there, two. There's de- I, think, I think she, yeah, there's definitely some things where you're like, oh, that's really convenient. Mm-hmm. The rest, the bulk of the rest of the book is essentially this like sort of inner like click squad. Mm-hmm. Feyre kind of falling in love with Reese. Oops. And uncovering this plot that the the king of highborn highburn mm-hmm. uh is going to start a war with the mortals a mortal mm-hmm. war and that's going to put Feyre's family and and you know what she once was um in danger and that's bad and it's also going to be bad for like all of prithian it's all going to be bad it's going to be bad everybody bad, 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 bad. Everyone's I'm not really sure bad. who it's good for, to be honest. Honestly, Sometimes. okay. But also, like, yeah, no, I, I just don't think we spent enough time in the mortal world for me to, like, feel super save it. Yeah, I'm like, okay. But also, sometimes, but also, like, like I don't understand why they care. Yeah, I know. And sometimes, though, with, like, really good villains, their point makes sense. And then the villains so far in this series just have a have a throne of bones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's so it's like it's like ooh. I've got like, a throne of bones. He's you bad. know. Like they're sort of just like in the same way that Fair is a really good painter. Yes. And this guy's really bad. He's, he's a, a bad guy. He's a bad he's boy. A, he's a pretty bad guy. He's pretty freaking skilly. And so we go on all of these tasks and quests and you know, everything's really horny and we are getting back involved in um, the life of Nesta mm-hmm. and Elaine. Her sisters. Her yes. sisters. And they are sort of the the fairies, the high fae and Feyre, her little clique. They are advocating to the sort of the ruling class of the mortals with the help <laughs> of Nesta so and Elaine. More. It's so, so much complicated, more. you guys. It's so complicated. So all that to say, I, I really think we should just skip. Basically, okay. No, we're skipping. We're basically, guys, the only I just want to get to mate. It, it's the the only important part that matters is it forces Feyre and Reese into a dangerous situation. And th- it comes out that... Reese is Feyre's mate, which I hate. I hate that trope so much. I don't, I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it. This like, oh, you know, this mystical, magical connection between someone. And we find out that he knew about this, that Feyre was his mate the entire time. And it's super like, um, you named my daughter after the Loch Ness Ness. monster. You're my mate and you didn't tell me? I have to go away in in your family cabin for three days (laughs) and paint the walls. All of it. I'm going to paint. I'm going to paint. When I read that, I was so pissed. I was like, I was, I was fuck like, you oh and your stupid Feyre. paint. And he's like, did you paint all of my friend's eyes over all the doors? And I was like, what? 
Maddie, <laughs> if you painted all of my friends' eyes all over my apartment, and, and if I could, like, tell who it was, I would be so mad at you. <laughs> You'd be so freaked out. You'd be I would hate it. Out. Yeah, no, it would be horrible. <laughs> and then you want to know what would be even more horrible? If you found out later that me and this man that I'm, I'm mated to, that I'm bonded uh-huh. to in a mystical way, just went and had sex. In my paint. In the paint. In the paint. Uh-huh. After e- eating soup. Eating the soup, and then they have sex in the paint, which really, really, it's like this is the, the smut scene that we have been leading up to, up to for eight hundred pages. Eight hundred pages, and it happens in the paint. And not, I'm not going to describe it in any sort of detail, but I no. one one point that did stick out to me in a way that will never leave my brain is that he takes the paint and at some yes. point draws, draws an arrow <laughs> he draws an arrow on her body an arrow pointed towards the apex of his delight <laughs> and says just <laughs> just in case you were unclear where this was headed if i found <laughs> out that someone was my man- and I'd be like, whoa, this is whoa. insane. And then they drew an arrow on me to tell me where this was headed. I'd just be like, nope, guess I suck. I'd be like, because if you're my mate, I'm not dealing with this. I really yeah. actually hate this. I hate um, it. But even if you're the most beautiful, beautiful man, man I've ever seen. I've seen. I'm just glad that Sarah that Sarah was able to write something that she that she clearly was proud of and i mm-hmm. and that other, and that people really like it that's such a dick wow no i mean that really genuinely i think it's like yeah. hard to make things that we're genuinely proud of like mm-hmm. that it, you she took a long time to get there and while it's not personally my cup of tea in terms of smut, it um it I, I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. There's a lot yeah. of fan art. And that's not even that's not even talking about what happens at the Court of Nightmares. We don't need to get into that. Oh, the Court of Nightmares. The, the I think court was of way smuttier than no the actual paint, smut ha- painting. No actual smut happened, but oh my oh, gosh, well, Court of so guys, okay. Here's the thing: you should you should read the books. We are endorsing read the books. I think they're great so reads. Fun. It's super fun. You'll have so much fun things to talk about. But there is this very specific scene which is so unbelievably horny. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the horniest thing I've encountered in this series. It's almost laughable. Where Feyre, in order to like sort of establish someone they're hoping to con. In this, in the scheme of schemes, someone she has to act like a sex crazed maniac for Resand. Yes, yes. it's, and it's so she, super um, Princess Leia in the third movie. Yes, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and so she has to like sit on his lap, and like the whole time it's it's like <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's like pretending. Um, she's like giving him this sort of like this lap dance that's supposed to be like 
not real, but it is real. That's super real. And they're real. both getting like really turned on, even though like really it's, it's all an act. On. It's all an act, you guys. Even though he's the most, he's the most beautiful. <laughs> Ever, ever seen. seen but she doesn't like him like that she even though like she's him giving like him an erotic lap, lap dance. dance in front of like a court but it's in, just in to front distract of like distract everyone everyone else everyone else not him it's, yeah guys read the while book. she's mentally telling him he's a really <laughs> good person <laughs> Oh my god. No, I mean no no judgment. That was no. y'all that was my favorite smut scene. That I was have so to say. fun. It was so fun to read. I, I liked it, that scene better than yeah, the the paint little, scene. I got a little I got uh, my cheeks. The PQ. Yeah. That was cute. So it's just fun to talk I, about. We're not making fun of anyone we're, for getting we're really not. We're really not. We are we are also we are also the people we're uh, We're the girlies. We're the girlies. So this book ends on kind of like an interesting note. We have not gotten into a, 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 a twist as well. And I, I, there is a character that has not really been sort of explored at all that is a lot of people's favorite character, Nesta. Mm-hmm. Her her elder sister. We haven't spent a ton of time with Nesta, but when you talk to a lot of when we've talked to a lot of people, their favorite character is Nesta, and there's a lot that happens, but also nothing that happens, except for at the end of this book, because of something Tamlin does, a deal that he makes with the King of Highburn. He's trying to get Feyre back. He's trying to get Feyre back from Reese because he's convinced that Reese has, like, brainwashed her. Nesta and Elaine are turned into High Fey as well. Uh-oh. By the cauldron. By Which the cauldron. This whole, book, this whole book, what we haven't touched on, is they're trying to, like, read these books, which, unfortunately, Feyre, she's learning to read. Favorite she can't, can't read. read, even though this whole book is about is reading. about reading, and honestly, in a more meta sense, like we're reading oh. the book. All that to say, we end this book with Feyre realizing that in order to like save the lives of the people she loves, she does a lot of magic stuff. She's very powerful now, but in order to save save some lives, she makes. Tamlin believed that Reese had put her under a spell and that the spell was broken and now she loves Tamlin and so she's back in the spring court as a spy and her two sisters are now fairies. They were mortals, now they're fairies. And we find out that even though one tattoo was taken away, she has a secret tattoo. Another secret tattoo. Because she's now the... The high the lady, high, the high lady, of the night first court. high lady ever, ever, and night court. Um, go, <laughs> go, feminist girl boss, go and feminist um, girl boss, and she's separated from the most beautiful man she's beautiful ever man seen. She's ever seen, and that is where we end the book second two. book. Book two, Maddie. I, I really good job. I, I feel like we both did a great job with that. There. I think, honestly, we, we're really good at this. We hit the main stuff. Okay, here we go. Now it's time for the important questions. 
on the notes Important app. questions. Okay, cool. So the tough girl. So I he, this whole came from, I was having a conversation with my friend As, um, Azelden. <laughs> I was having a... Um, I was having a um, conversation with, I think the person I know, at least maybe both of us, um, who knows the most about Akatar, Allison, um, and she was telling me about how everybody hates Feyre. Feyre is so boring. Everything just happens to Feyre and the yeah. fandom doesn't like her. And I started thinking about all of these very popular franchises where a female character that no one likes is at the it's center so, of it. So what do you think is up with that? I think we... Okay. So say that Feyre was sort of nuanced and complicated. We probably wouldn't be able to get as like indulgent and convoluted of a story if our protagonist was more active. The mm-hmm. reason why I think this series is so like addictive to get into is because she could really be anyone it is she's it's the mary seuss that sort of blank slate of a character where there are times where she could be any of us yeah but also none of us like she doesn't feel like a real person and so it's a very easy self-insert well which is what you want which is what we we all want we call the character the tough girl but Maddie actually did create a subcategory of the, the tough, tough girl. Called the tough horny girl. <laughs> and please explain the tough horny girl for so us, Maddie. So the tough girl, I think, is the tough girl is often what separates her from most other, like a shy girl, uh, is that she is impermeable to emotion she has logic at the forefront. She makes rational decisions that often like people are frustrated with because you sort of, you enjoy, it, it, it is at the detriment of like her emotional health or in her ability to connect with people. The tough horny girl has one weakness that the tough girl doesn't have, which is that she's horny. And I think that it makes <laughs> a really- The in the name. It, it makes- it makes a real difference because you the the character is able to make stupid decisions or like sort of less emotionally or logical decisions because of her attraction towards a member uh, a, another character within the novel and i think that's very relatable because i think there are times where i don't know maybe we do dumb things because we're being horny girls yeah. I, I think I think we can all relate to that, truly. Yeah. And and it, I think it, and it's nice and it's nice to feel that sense of relatability and also to see like a vulnerability in a main character. And I think most of the plot progression and the internal progression of the tough horny girl is because she's so horny. Because she's um, so horny. Well, and, and it also leads it's her sort into of like, different circumstances. Exactly. It 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 sort of it, it draws her from one sort of plot excursion to the next. And I think that's beautiful. So next question, do you think if each of us, one of us, was the main character of a YA series, do you think the fans of the series would hate us? Yes. I think so too. I think if any human being on Earth was the main character of a series, people would hate them. 
I think that's just the nature of being the main character. That's why I think it's way more fun to be a side character. I think both of us would, as a main character, be insufferable. I think I also would not want to put on a dress. Oh my gosh. I, I would, or I would be like immediately like, fuck my family. No, I'm, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, bye family. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to eat all the food. I'm going to put on the prettiest Mm -hmm. dresses. I'm going to paint. I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to care that much about this dude in a mask until it's like way too late. (laughs) So I think it would be so depressed and sad and anxious (laughs) that like he wouldn't be able to make any progress with me. Because I would be so I upset. See, I want to see that Beauty and the Beast adaptation. Where like a woman so is upset. just like, I'm, like, I'm grateful for the sun. I'm grateful for my health. <laughs> grateful for the moon. And like really try to be self-soothing yeah. through this trauma that I'm going through. Yeah, okay. 100%. So here we go. Retelling. So once again, I'm quoting Allison. She made a really good point because I was like, oh, Beauty and the Beast retellings. We're always retelling things. And she said, well, back in the olden days, they were always like retelling things like King Arthur. Because if someone was like, I have my own characters and my own ideas for something, people would go, ooh, gross. I don't know what that is. But if yeah. you were like, hey, I have a new story about King Arthur, everyone would go, oh, I love it's sort King of Arthur. Like, it's sort of like nowadays – it's it's IP. It's basically yeah. they're like they're like, is it existing IP? And you're like, no, it's an original story. They're like, Bleh. Bleh. No. so why do you think? What, what I mean, I'm asking why, but also I think when someone has a structure to play in, I think they can get really playful. They can get really yeah. They, they can get really creative. I and think I this think- ties in perfectly to our our next sort of flow in in a question that I know you're going to ask or our next Uh sort of topic of conversation is I think that's why fan fiction works so well is Mm. because you have these really established characters, these really established universes, and you can kind of get into, you can get really nuanced and playful or a little bit sexy or a little bit slutty without needing to build up the backstory of you're this. jumping into a world you already you're jumping know. Into, yeah, and so and a lot of times it takes a while for you to, or, or a really special skill to be able to invite a reader into a space where they're like, yeah, I I I enjoy these characters enough to want to see them bang yeah. immediately. You're like, no, no, I got to I got to get to know them a little bit. Thank you very much. And I think I, I so I sent you okay. I sent you this thing, and I'm going to read it. So there is a movie that actually I might watch when we hang up. A little bit about fan fiction. So the movie Red, White, and Royal Blue has come out, and I was looking up some things about the author, and um, their book has been compared a lot to fan fiction. And uh, the author says about this, I think that ultimately it's a compliment, McQuestion tells Polygon. Fan fiction is pure pleasure reading. It's not like almost any other kind of reading. It is here to be fun. It is here to pacify. It is here to transform something you love into something you could love in a different way. And Mm. it's just pure love. And I think creating fan fiction is coming from such a deep, 
want and love of something to create. And then the people who are reading the fan fiction are wanting to live in that world even longer. And I think, yeah, my friend um, did say that one of the books that I'm I'm not exactly sure. I think it's the shorter one says Mm -hmm. that it reads like Sarah's writing fan fiction of herself, which I think is such a fun read and I'm excited to get there. But yeah, I, yeah. So I famously was raised really conservative Christian. So I didn't, and some people then go into the Wattpad world, into the smutty fan fiction. I did not because I had anxiety. So Maddie, (laughs) take it away. I, I am a fan fiction. I'm a a fishia fan fictionado. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. I I got into the world of fan fiction at probably like the age of like 12 or 13 because I was really obsessed with The Office. And so I would read Pam and Jim um, fan fiction, <laughs> really outing myself online today. And then continued like as a teenager to read and also write fan fiction, have like definitely delved into the world of writing fan fiction. And even like, honestly, as an adult, sometimes I'll watch something and I'll be like, I wonder if there's fan fiction about that. And you would be shocked by the level, like the level of quality. I would say like, you've got your tears, you've got your Wattpad, which is sort of more, more mainstream, a little bit more juvenile got your fan fiction a little bit more established established corporate commercial and then another one which is archive of our own ao3 those are like the big three ones an archive of our own is like i would say this is where akatar would probably live if it was a fan fiction of something i'd actually be really interested to see if i if akatar might have started off as something of a fan fiction so it's actually um her first series she started writing it was almost completely online this is all from allison so she had been writing online i think even for free since she was like in very young i think she started this series when she was a teenager so when this series um something about throne of glass i think which is based on Cinderella somehow, and she's an assassin. She had been publishing it online for a long time. And so that's why the series apparently, um, forgive me if I'm misquoting this, came out really quickly. She had been writing it on sites like that for a really long time. And that's her YA series also. I love that. I think there's something – I think you'd be surprised how much media is out there that – originally came from or was sort of derived from an author writing something really indulgently i mean like 50 shades of gray was a was a bella bella edward fan fiction Mm -hmm. and like the kissing booth Mm -hmm. was a wattpad oh Oh. yeah the kissing booth was originally a wattpad fic um after series was originally a one direction wattpad Mm -hmm. fic I think it's a really it's a really fun space for authors, casuals, I would say, like non-professionals to just play in a world that feels fun. And I think there's definitely like a big subsection of it that is, you know, a little spicy, but there's also a ton of it that's not. Well, and one of my friends was telling me about um, Avatar The Last Airbender fan fiction and how it's yeah, super I w- I detailed. Would, I wouldn't know anything about that. Oh, you wouldn't? Okay. 
Um, no, what if you're I'm, like I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> oh no 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 I know I'm like what if you're one of the authors and I, I didn't know that. that would actually be I like <laughs> I uh, that's actually why I haven't gotten a, a script out to my manager is because I've been too busy writing Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> well, but my friend was telling me it's like it's so well written it's so it good. It is. And if, if there's something you like, if there's if there's a relationship on TV where you're like, ooh, I wish it, they like. Uh, did it a little better or or like something like you know something like star wars mm-hmm. where they didn't like people really hated how they ended the last yeah. jedi there's like a thing called like fix it fiction where they take like canon canon story events up until a certain point and then they mm-hmm. fix it and they like they change a specific plot point and like write it in the way that they would have done it Mm-hmm. And they're they're that's like a really that's a really popular genre of fan fiction. And it it comes from a place of love. Like if I was oh. to watch a show and I'm like I hate this show, you ruined then... you ruined my two favorite characters. Exactly. I, I got to go to fan fiction for this one. <laughs> it's it's so interesting because I've never had the uh, the thought to fix something. I've just been pissed off before. Yeah. But I think it does, I, it makes sense that she got her big start from online. And I think that's one of the things I love about Sarah is she is such a self-made and apparently from Allison. So the three series is, because I kind of, I don't know if y'all listen to the podcast. I really love doing research and like background research. And there's something about Smut where I really don't want to know anything about the writer. I don't want to know anything about them. I don't, don't want to know write... what their husband looks like. I don't want to know want what them, their wife want... looks like. My my smut crawls out of the cauldron. I don't yes. want to. I don't really want to be able to recognize you on the nope, street. Absolutely so, not. So I, I didn't learn a lot, but apparently her three series are all existing in the same world. Possibly there's like a lot of theories about it, but in the same world, but at maybe different points in time. Like it's not kind like like a like a George R. R. Martin like uh, like House of Dragons Game of ex- Thrones exactly so it's like it's and it's not like really linked they're not affecting one another but it's not like she wrote like a series about pirates it but and that then, were like, real you know and and then a series about like Nancy Drew in the fifties yeah exactly like it's all in her mind which I think is so yeah. freaking cool and that's why the lore is so important to her. Is because it's yeah. very obvious this world is so real. Okay, so I think I kind of want to end it on one of the most important questions, which yes. is, why does the the painting <laughs> in this piss me off so much? Maddie, as my nearest and dearest soulmate, yeah. why do you um, think it gosh. makes me so mad? I just think it's, okay, so like I kind of see it as like, you know... You know how in Gilmore Girls, we're told mm-hmm. that, like, Rory is an incredible writer. And then every single time she has to, like, write something, we have to, like, be privy to, like, her written word. It's, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I don't know if Amy Sherman Palladino knows how to write a character who's a good writer. Amy mm-hmm. Sherman Palladino only knows how to be a good writer herself. She is a very good writer. She's an incredible writer, but I don't think she knows specifically how to 
Uh, Almost like she's performing good writer. Exactly. And like because the entire show kind of exists in this Amy Sherman Palladino cadence, anything she writes is going to sound really there's nothing nothing's going to sound exceptional if it's coming out of like Rory's mouth or it's something that she we've read I think in this context I don't know if Sarah is a painter or has Mm -hmm. any experience with painting but I don't know if it's it, it because it is a written work and not a visual work I don't think it's done explicitly well enough. There's nothing special about the way that Feyre views the world that would make Except me believe she's that just she's a good painter. with colors. She loves like, colors. She's always like, that's a color. I wish I could paint. I could paint. I, I would paint that. And I think I also, also... I just kind of wish that like the painting came more, it like showed up more in terms of like her skills like being able to paint is not just like being able to like make something nice and pretty mm-hmm. somewhere else but like if that if it was sort of entrenched in like her ability to like remember faces or mm-hmm. like or or if she had ever sold her paintings yeah when in the public had said these are exactly. good paintings exactly oh exactly instead she's just like i that's a color I've never seen before. I wonder and, what that color is. And also she just like loves like paints. I just don't. I also just it think really there's so much more off. to like painting than paint. Yeah. I don't know. How, and like also I, I just think if you're going to give your character a talent. It, make it better. It's um. <laughs> It's a really bore. It's kind of like my sister Mary Hill Mary had Hail once Mary. said that she wants to be an advocate for um, movies to not be about writers anymore oh, because she it's thinks so, it's really boring. It um, is boring. It's incredibly boring. It's deeply, but writers deeply keep boring. Writing about writers and it's that's um, what they know. Okay, here's a question for you: If Pharaoh yeah. was going to have any other skill. What would you want her to have? I would want her to be like kind of a gifted stand-up comedian. Like maybe not right. naturally like funny in in like conversation, but like really have a skill for crafting a joke that mm-hmm. like sort of in a performance aspect where she could get up in front and really work a crowd. And I feel like in this series, we would only really be able to show it like it would come up once. Yeah. And it would, and it would, and it would, but she'd always be like crafting bits in her head. Like, yeah. Like she'd never say things out loud, but she'd always be like, (laughs) she'd start every chapter with like, well, the thing with airline food. (laughs) I was like, Take a look at this crazy castle I'm in. The only thing crazier than that is my parties. (laughs) My first thought was cooking because I would. Oh, I actually really love that. Yeah, because then like Tamlin could come behind her and they could knead the dough. Like I would think (laughs) it would be way sexier for them to To knead the dough together rather than because actually there's a part in the second book where it's emphasized that she is bad at cooking and and she she makes 
And she makes a soup that that Reese by warming eats. it up. Yes, and it's a big important thing. It's I a would big rather them roll around in the dough than in, roll around in, in the in paint. Flour, yeah, yeah. Flour paint, just feels yeah. It feels. I'd rather messy. than make a roux. Or I like a, ne- I'd rather her learn how to like Juliana carrot. Yeah. Then her like she's like in the kitchen cooking out I her also feelings. Just think like I think there's something so like the idea of being a painter and an artist is so romanticized. No, I don't And I I'm annoyed by it. I don't like being told that someone's really good at painting and I can't see it. I didn't um, like when we were told yeah. that Tamlin was great at playing the fiddle. I couldn't hear it. And <laughs> I don't like I didn't like it. I would um, like to be I would like to be told that I would like to be told it by other people. Yeah. Not by them. Yeah, exactly. It just feels really annoying. I also have to say, and I messaged Maggie and unfortunately I would have sent you the artwork, not everyone. We went to school with a guy who was like really good at like drawing with his pen and he was always like drawing like angels that was kind of like ironic they were like okay like it was like (laughs) but it was like hell and like because we went to a christian school so it was like like the angels being tormented by sin so it was just immediately as soon as it was like she paints i knew immediately that it was this guy like i saw it so clearly and i knew what she was painting and it was all very like edgy high school emo kid drawings yes. who someone who's really good at drawing but it's annoying and actually this is a really sweet fan um but that is his artwork from high school was the first thing right. that came to mind and it immediately pissed me off um, I so I think that's I think it's really valid. I mean, the thing that I hated the most was just quirky guys saying quirky things, and that's a lot of the book series. Mm-hmm. And painting is a lot of the book series, so it, I think we really did we really did our due diligence. We yeah. will be reading the finale of this, and we'll probably cover it honestly because we I- have a. I th- we've got a strike. The strike's still going on. So y'all, y'all, and if you, we, we honestly, we might not take your suggestions, even though we love you, but we're gonna keep covering this series as long as the strikes go on, which Absolutely. could be what. So I feel like I feel like next next episode we do we should like dive into kind of like fan casting. There's like a there's a Ooh. sort of there's like a. They're, they're making this into a TV show, and I think it'd be really interesting to discuss perhaps, like, how this would be adapted if we were going to yeah. do it. I think this is – this might be our pitch to Hulu. Yeah. Hulu? To, More like as who us. Who, who us. Um, I think y'all need two girl boss showrunners. Yeah. Who uh, have a podcast. <laughs> and, it, and, and we hate <laughs> – and we hate girls who paint. <laughs> we hate painting. But you want to um, know what we love? We love our lonely girls. We love we our do. lonely listeners. Do we? Is there a certain lonely girl real fast we want to give a shout out to? I, I think my shout out for loneliest girl so far is the most beautiful man that Faye <laughs> has ever seen. I think my lonely girl shout out is definitely Lucien, who I was convinced was gay. Um, and I and I've learned that he's not. 
And I, I, I've done a little bit of research into what happens in the next one. And I think he is hardcore the loneliest girl. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Teaser. I'm excited. I'm excited to read the next one. And I'm excited to talk about it. Are you listening excited to, to it? Finish Are this you one reading up. it? No, I'm renting it. I'm like waiting for it to come. I think I might have to just buy it. The book or the audio book? I think the audiobook. It's just too hard for me to read. I like have to listen. I I felt I felt that when you were sending me the the screenshot of it. It's just like if you, if one is waiting for the energy to read that fat of a book. That's what I yeah. told you. I had this strategy to read it because that's the only way I could get through college. Is I don't I can't feel inspired to read it. I just. For me, I've just learned like, okay, sit in the bathroom and read 90 pages at 1130 yeah. at night, which is a skill I've honed, um, right. is just not caring if I want to read the fairy porn or not. I just have right. to. Now, um, well, now I'm, I I have to listen to a woman read it to me in order. And that's the burden that I bear. You're amazing. You want to know who else is amazing? <gasps> Our lonely girls. Um, we want best. to we want to shout you guys out. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. We've missed you a lot. We've missed recording episodes. Excited to get back into the swing of things. Um, if you would like to have <laughs> virtual sex with us at a fairy <laughs> sex, <laughs> I'm gonna Keep do it over. No, I don't know. Uh, if you, you would, would like, like to, to have, have virtual <laughs> sex with us, if you would, if you would like to establish um, a mental bond with us that will uh, uh, thwart evil, yes, oh, uh, yeah, thwart evil, um, you can find us at the Lonely Girls Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to follow me and find me and uh and after i've been thrown into a cauldron follow me at turner madeline on instagram and at madeline turner on tiktok and on instagram you can find me at rebecca botter and then on tiktok i don't know why but you could follow you could follow me at botter <laughs> <You> rebecca <laughs> by the by the cauldron by the cauldron by the cauldron all right lonely girls this has been a lovely time we want you to remember to always stay lonely but not alone bye Bye. we love you